The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Hey guys, my name is Mary. Um, I'm going to be reading our scripture for this morning, so if you could turn with me to John chapter 5. I'm going to be reading aloud, and the verses will be on the screen, um, verses 10 through 18 in John chapter 5. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling his own father, calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for... um, all of the new, fresh faces this morning that you've brought to Grace City um, for a purpose. Um, God, we just believe that no one today is here just by chance or by accident, but that you have a divine plan and a purpose for everyone who's here this morning, hearing the gospel and um, joining in this time of worship. So I pray that you would just speak boldly and kindly to us this morning, that that we would know you better and that we would be moved and changed by your word and, and your promises. Um, so we just give this time to you. We ask that you would um, just remove anything that's, that's blocking us from, from seeing you and from worshiping you um, for the true God that you are. And we love you so much. Thank you for grace. Um, thank you for this church. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mary. All right, well, welcome this morning. Uh, We're going to be continuing in our series called Faith and Work, and uh, we've been doing this series this past month because we believe that uh, our work has something to do with our faith, right? It's It's not separate, but it comes together. It intersects when we believe the gospel, when we believe in Jesus. And um, our text this morning is what Mary just read in John chapter 5, verses 10 through 18. And uh, what's happening here is there is an argument over the Sabbath and essentially over rest. How do we rest? What does that look like? What are the rules that we apply to rest? The Sabbath, conflict. This message today is about rest and work. And why are we doing this whole series on faith and work? Why have we been going through John chapter five right in this particular text for so long? Because for us, um, we want to be a church for our city that seeks new life in Jesus. And so again, we are a church for our city. But also our mission is to equip you with the gospel for everyday life. It's not just some abstract thing that we believe in when we believe in Jesus. But again, it intersects into every part of our lives. And so that's why we're going through this series. And um, for us, uh, you know, this idea of rest is something that we if we're honest, struggle with. I was asked uh, a few weeks ago by a friend, he says, what is it that's keeping you up at night? And it was an interesting question because I was really taken aback by it. I didn't know how to answer it uh, in that particular moment. Now, if you were to ask me that same question a few years ago, 
I would have given you a checklist of things that have been done and haven't been done in my mind that I have just been processing all night, thinking about keeping me up late at night. But over the years, God has done a work in my life. Something is, has changed. Now, I'm not completely out of it. There are nights where I stay up late thinking about particular things and I can't really rest or sleep because of those particular things. But it's not as often. What's changed in my life? It's my perspective on God. It's my perspective on who he is. It's my perspective on what he's done and what he's capable of. See, all of us in some way or another, some more than others, just depending on how you're wired, are addicted to progress. And there are many who believe that sleep and rest is a hindrance to progress. I don't have time to sleep. I don't have time to rest. That's why Business Insider in 2014 did an article that featured CEOs who function on four to five hours of sleep a night. It's because for a majority of us, a third of our lives is spent sleeping and we're not okay with that. So what does God say about that? See, what is a gospel-centered perspective on our rest and our work? How does it apply to our lives? Psalm 127 verses one through two say this. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. What we find is that God is generous and he gives something to us, and what he gives us is sleep. C.J. Mahaney points out in his book, Humility, that God could have created us without a need to sleep, but he chose to build this within us, and there is a spiritual purpose for it. There's something that we can learn. See, what is it that companies like Chick-fil-A believe, whether you believe what they believe or not, that keeps them closed on a Sunday? And let me tell you how frustrated I would be when I would come up to the window and ready for my order at Chick-fil-A and realize that they're closed. It's not only once I've done this, it's actually multiple times I've, I've done this. But you see, could it be that God could accomplish more in six days than we can in our seven days? Is that something that God could actually do? Yes. See, we see an invitation into God's rest in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. Here's what it says. So then, there remains a Sabbath, Sabbath rest for the people of God. For, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. See, what Jesus said is he says, as I see my Father working, I work. But as we see our Father resting, after creating for six days and then resting on the seventh day, we see that God is inviting us into something that he does. You see, there is physical rest, but also a deep spiritual rest that we all need, and it can only come from God. And so my question for you is tonight, when you lay down your head on that pillow, will you be able to rest no matter what you're gonna face on Monday morning? 
Or is it going to keep you up in tireless toil tonight? See, that's the test of what we really believe, right? I love this quote from Timothy Keller. He says, you can say, I believe in God. I believe in this, this, and this. But one of the greatest tests of the inner consistency of your beliefs with the real world is you lie down to sleep, but do you really rest? NPR recently uh, reported that 60 million Americans struggle with sleep disorders. UCSD, right down the street from us, just received a gift uh, this past December of $5 million for the study of sleep and care of people with sleep disorders. 35% of Americans report their sleep quality as poor or only fair. 20% of Americans reported that they did not wake up feeling refreshed on any of the past seven days. Rest and sleep is obviously an issue in our culture today. And so how does God intersect our lives and meet us when it comes to rest and work in our everyday rhythms? Is the answer more vacation? Is the answer wait until retirement someday? Is it that attempt to try and discover what the four-hour work week really is? And so that's what I need? No, there will always be a need for rest whatever stage of life you are in, whether you're in retirement or you're early on in your career. We all need it. And so God offers us something better. See, what we learned from Psalm 127 and today's text in John chapter five is our lack of sleep and rest is tied to deeper spiritual issues. Deep spiritual issues. See, many of us are walking around with a destructive perspective on life when it comes to rest and work. What I would call those are gospel fractures, right? Things that are in our lives that we're believing right now that are not true. Some of us today believe that I have to do more, just keep working a little bit longer and I'll be able to accomplish what it is that I need to do. Some of us, it keeps us up at night and we say, my work is never done. There is no time for rest. Others of us are believing, I'm the only one who can fix this problem. I'm the one who holds things together. If I don't do it, everything's gonna fall apart. See, ultimately we uh, believe and buy into the idea that God is not able to take care of me And therefore, God is not concerned with my work. But as we've been studying this past month, what we see is that God cares deeply for you. No strings attached, you. And he also cares deeply about your work and how you do your work. And that when he calls us into work, he sends us out with the power and the strength that we need to do what we're called to do. See, that's how God works. But if you were to look at your soul right now, the state of your soul, and picture this, if you could see it, would there be bags under your soul's eyes? It's a funny visual, right? But if you were to look at yourself, could, is that what it would look like? See, there's a deep spiritual rest that God calls us into, and he's inviting you into that today. And so our text for today is John chapter 5, 10 through 18. As we've been talking, we've been going through this text for the past month. 
But a little bit of background. Uh, this is about a man who at the very beginning of the chapter was a lame man for 38 years and has been healed by Jesus. He became a lame man because of his personal sin. Now there are different uh, reasons for different people throughout scripture. So we'll see it in John chapter nine where there was a man who was just born uh, with an ailment, right? But this man wasn't. And so there was something that he did that caused this ailment in his life. And so Jesus comes and heals this man completely just by pure grace, didn't deserve it, didn't earn it, didn't work for it, but purely by grace, heals this man. And he was healed on the Sabbath day. Um, so rest in this chapter comes up, and again, it is a point of conflict. The religious leaders were after Jesus because he was doing good work on the Sabbath. So they see that this man's healed, and they say, well, I don't know if that's something that you can do on this particular day. The, Jesus were, or the Jews were arguing with Jesus um, that Jesus was breaking the Sabbath. He was breaking the rules. But Jesus says to them in verse 17, no, I'm not breaking the rules. It is my work that creates the Sabbath. See, they had a misunderstanding. See, Jesus is saying, no, it's not breaking anything. It's actually building into it. It's building into the idea that you can have rest in your life. Jesus was doing good work for us. See, Jesus heals this man to highlight a deeper rest that only he can fill. And so what creates true rest in our lives? I'm gonna give you three points this morning. Um, and uh, if you've got one of the Grace City Journal, you can write this down in there. Um, but I'm gonna give you all three up front. And, and in this text, we see two symptoms and a cure for our rest, okay? The first one is human restlessness. The second is hope in a false rest. And the third is God's work, true rest, so our three points this morning are human restlessness, hope in a false rest, and God's work, true rest. So the first point, human restlessness. We're going to look at verse 10, okay? So in verse 10 here, it says, So the Jews said to the man uh, who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. So what they point here is the reason he can't take up this bed, the reason he can't walk around with this bed is because it's not lawful. Now what would have been lawful for him on that particular day is if he would have tied this bed around his neck and walked down the street with it. They wouldn't have said anything about it. But they said you can't carry it. So as we talked about, the, the religious leaders had over 600 rules and regulations that they had people abide by to say, this is how you're supposed to follow God. But like we said before, Jesus makes it very simple. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so what we see Jesus doing in this text is he was loving his neighbor. Loving his neighbor who was a very unlovely person. Loving his neighbor who the religious leaders weren't loving but they were coming up to him and, and making sure that he knew about the rules that he wasn't following at this point. See, there is a deep restlessness and misunderstanding of God in this verse. The Pharisees are restless. They're making rules, they're making more regulations about what personal rest should look like. And what we see here is a restlessness that we can't judge. We can't say, well, 
Look at these Pharisees. Look at these religious leaders. How could they? Because what we find is that we have that same restlessness in our own lives, right? Don't we box God in and say, well, this is how he can work? Don't we box in certain parameters and say, this is what rest really looks like for me and I can't trust God today to do good work because I've got to rest? It's that person who's sitting in the corner over there reading their Bible but isn't willing to help another person that's right next to them because that's their spiritual time? Right, that, that's not the way of Jesus. That's not what he's inviting us into. That's not true rest. See, there is something that's wrestling around in our hearts right now that keeps you and I up at night. It's the same thing that as I was uh, able to get away with my wife, when I asked her, I said, okay, we don't have the kids for like a week. Like, what do you wanna do? Like, we, we can do anything. And she looked back at me and she says, well, it's hard for me to rest because I feel like I haven't earned my rest today. Isn't that how we feel? Right? Isn't that the box? Isn't that the parameter of something that's going on in our mind right now that is a restlessness that's going on that we can't say, you know what, I can, I can actually breathe today. But if we don't have work on the schedule, what is the work that we're doing right there that's saying it's prohibiting us from resting and enjoying God, enjoying the life he's giving us? See, all of us have this feeling like we've got to earn something. We've got to earn it today. See, why do we have this restlessness in our hearts? Well, there are two things. Um, it started in Genesis chapter three, verses 17 through 19. See, when sin entered into the world, God had already given us work at that point. So work's not the problem, right? We can be very angry that we have to go to work, we don't like work, all of those things, but God made work good from the beginning. But when sin entered into the world, work became really, really hard, really difficult. So it's not easy work. And so part of it is the restlessness comes from sin. Like there's sin in our hearts still wrestling around in there. And there's sin when, when we're working through particular things. And so there is a restlessness that we have. So there's sin, but then there's also the law. See, the, the, the Pharisees are talking about in verse 10. God has a standard. right? He does. He does. There's a law of God. They were right about that. But they were wrong in their approach. They thought they could attain God's law by their own efforts. They thought they could work their way into God's good graces. They thought they could work in a way where they could, okay, how many more rules can I add on this to make myself look spiritual? They were restless in trying to work their way to God, but the gospel, the good news, the, the, the news about Christianity is this. We don't work our way to God. God has worked his way to us. You see, God, through Jesus, we see this in this passage here, they're standing in front of God, arguing with God about rest, something that he's given us, something that he's created. They're arguing with him about this. It's really a funny thing, but a lot of us do the same thing. See, Sabbath was meant to point to man's weakness and inability and God's strength and ability. It was meant to point to the healing that only God can provide. So the reason that we rest wasn't to make more rules about how much we need to rest, but it was to rest in knowing that we are weak people who need God. 
That's why Jesus says in Mark 2, 27, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. It's for us that he made it. See, in the restlessness that we see in this verse, from the Pharisees to follow the rules, they missed God. They missed him. And instead, they put their hope in a false rest. And so we'll find that in in our next point, a false rest. So we'll see it in verse 7 and verse 16. But it's not only the religious leaders who did this. It's the lame man himself who put his, his trust, his faith in a false rest. And so for him, here's what it was. He says in verse 7, the sick man answered him, As Jesus came to him and says, do you want to be healed? He says, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. There was something that this man was believing, and it wasn't true. He was believing that he could find rest in getting healing from this, really, it was a a legend, a dream of physically being healed by these waters that he was gonna be laid down into. Now, up to this point, we talked about this man that doesn't even have a friend to take him into this water. Has nobody. So he's been waiting for years for somebody to take him and put him in this pool so he could be healed. He's been dreaming about the day that he could get in there when it's stirred at the right time so that he could get healing. And he's putting his hope in a dream that wasn't real. The lame man rested in this dream that was never going to happen. Do you know that we all rest in something? And whether that rest is true or false is based on whether God's at the center of it or I'm at the center of it. Right, this guy thought I had to do something. I gotta get into these waters and then I'm gonna be healed. What does that look like for our work? What what does that look like for our rest? Because some of us right now have those same types of dreams and thoughts of if I get to this particular position at my workplace, then I'll truly be able to rest. If, If I make enough money at this point in my life then I will then I'll be able to rest see it's these dreams that are out there that are false dreams and we're putting our true hope inside of it and saying that's the that's the answer the answer the answer, answer from, from my life that's what this man's doing and that's what we do hope in a false rest and then the Pharisees in verse 16 I mean we, we see it it says This is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. They're looking at Jesus and saying, he can't, he he, he can't be uh, doing the right thing. We, We have to keep him in line. We have to keep him in check. We're following the rules and so he needs to follow them as well. See, ultimately, both rested in a false rest. Jesus is inviting them into a true rest. He's shaking it. He's like, guys, like, you're standing right in front of me. And so the third point is God's rest, true rest. 
Jesus' point in uh, verse 17, like, let's read this here. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. Jesus' point in this passage is, my work is the basis for your rest. You can only truly rest because of me. Jesus is expressing the heart behind the Sabbath. When he says two things, he says, first, my father. So we're seeing, again, the, the, the Pharisees had it right. Like in verse 18, they were getting upset because they were seeing that he wasn't just like anybody else. As, as my friend Martin explained last week, Jesus is God. When he talked about being equal with God the Father, it is true. Yes, he is. And so he's saying, my father, but he's saying, I am working. See, this is about a relationship with God the Father, Jesus, but also Jesus' work is being highlighted here. I am working. What's he working for? So that you can rest so that you can shut off in your mind that thing that tells you that you're not good enough and you haven't done enough. See, it just keeps repeating in our mind again and again. But Jesus is saying, turn it off. Look at me. True rest is only found in God and his work for you. Think about this. What is a better rest than God? What's a better rest? rest than the God of the universe who invites us into a relationship with him. Nothing. Everything else will fall short. In his commentary on John, Randolph Tasker says this. He says, God needs no special rest because his activity as the sustainer of the world he has created and as the living God is ceaseless, ceaseless and effortless. Do you think that God needed to rest on the seventh day? No. If God completely ceased from doing all work, we wouldn't be here. The book of Colossians says that Jesus holds all things together. And so for us, knowing that Jesus is able to do what we can't do is To our hearts, we're able to rest. See, because Psalm 121 verse four says this, behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. Listen to this this morning. Do you believe that he who keeps you, put your name in that slot, will neither sleep nor slumber? While you're asleep at night, do you believe there's a God who's looking over you and not sleeping? He's able to get you to where you need to be. He's strong enough to hold the world together. It's not all on our shoulders. God's work is the only place we can find true rest. And so this morning, some takeaways. How do we receive this type of rest? The first one is this. See your personal restlessness. We gotta own it. We gotta say, yeah, I, I'm, I am personally restless right now with a lot of things going on in my mind in my heart i am i'm trying to earn some things i'm trying to to work my way towards some things that i don't know if i should be many of us must admit that we are in a constant state of anxious toil 
Are you anxious this morning? Are, are you struggling with anxiety at night? Do you see Jesus coming to you and asking you like he did to the lame man, do you want to be healed? We all need to get to the point where we say, this is not working. This way of life, what I'm believing, is not working. I need new life in Jesus. As we see our personal restlessness, just some tips um, to help us this morning. Are you able to turn off your phone? When was the last time you, were, you just turned off your phone? Can you do it? What is keeping you from turning off your phone? Have you scheduled some rest days just to relax and be with the Lord and trust that he's gonna be able to accomplish the work he's called you to do? When was the last time you took some time away from social media? Right, the updates constantly coming. 11, 12 o'clock at night, you're getting that buzz on the phone or that, that you're seeing the light on your screen. And I only know this because I, I have the same thing that happens to me. Somebody liked a photo, whatever, and so it just pops up on your screen. It's just constantly going. When was the last time you took a step away from that? Um, it was funny, I, this past week I had somebody ask me, they said, you know, I saw that you took some time away from social media and your phone, like, you put it up on Facebook, said, hey, I'm not gonna be around. I said, you okay? Everything all right? Like, yeah, everything's good. You know, I just got away from it for a little while. And that, that's the culture we live in right now. We just can't, we can't get away from it. Things okay? What's going on? Another helpful thing is get an app to assess your sleep cycles. We live in a generation right now where we can see how long we're sleeping and how much time we're spending in uh, REM sleep. I would say do that because, you know, even, even studies and, and doctors would say that it's, it's not the length of sleep that you get, but it's the, the depth of sleep that you get. So how can we, you know, trust the Lord and, and say, okay, God, you've got this deep sleep okay and um and i just want to say that just because you're on vacation doesn't mean you're resting again was on vacation a week and a half ago and i saw a guy all types of things going on great things going on he is typing away on his computer just sat there the whole time Right, we'd always check in. There's this library area. We could go in there, and uh, he is constantly on the computer. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, I look at that guy and I say, that would have been me. My wife can attest to that. That would have been me. See your personal restlessness. Uh, the second point is this. See your false rests. Let's be honest this morning. Um, I, I love, again, this quote by Timothy Kelly. He says this. And we gotta admit this. This is hard for us, but my thoughts do not go immediately to God. They don't go to the one who gave me my life and sustains my life every day and who has endowed me with every mercy and pleasure I've ever enjoyed 
to whom I owe everything, and at least my highest love and allegiance. My mind does not go there at all. It goes to my real rests, my true rests, which is either my career or my aches and pains or my comforts or what I hope to do with my vacation or the people who like me and what they said to me recently. You see, my real rests. We gotta uncover this stuff. When you're sitting alone, when you're in silence, what does your mind gravitate to? Because I'll be honest, mine naturally does not gravitate towards God. See, when people, many Christians, when we take vacations, we also take vacations from God. I haven't spent much time with him, even though I've got a lot of time to give. Why is that? Because our minds and our hearts go to our true, real rest that are never going to be restful. They're never going to be the answer. The third point is, see that you're limited. See that you're limited. Sleep is the great reminder that we are not God. Isn't it? That we are limited creatures. And so when you go to bed at night, I would encourage you to pray and to say, God, I need your help. I need you to help me to rest tonight in what you've done for me because this is the great reminder for me as I go to sleep that you don't sleep and that you do not rest. And I need every bit of that in my life. I need that for my life. I need you to come into my heart and my life so that I can sleep well tonight. Right? It's seen that we're limited. And the fourth point is See that Jesus secured your rest. I think it's funny what my wife said because I, I think many times it's true. We feel like we've got to earn our rest. I've got to work my way into this. But God doesn't demand two payments. He already paid for it all on the cross with his son. And so he's not seeking us to earn anything, but it's all been earned by Jesus. So rest in the fact that as you see Jesus, you see that he secured the rest for you. Do you know the way that we can celebrate as believers in Jesus today? It's that we celebrate Jesus by resting when everybody else doesn't. When the world's going crazy, it's going mad, it doesn't, there's no time to rest. We can rest as believers in Jesus. Now I just wanna say this as a side note. This is not slothfulness. It's not slothfulness. It's like, sweet, this is my ticket to be lazy. That's not it. Because uh, laziness is talked about very, very, a lot in the Bible, but I would ask you, if you struggle with laziness, what you're doing is you're replacing God with comfort. You're placing, replacing God and saying, my comfort is more important than you, and so that's not truly resting. And if you struggle with laziness, I would ask you to meditate on Proverbs chapter six. Meditate on that, think on that. Because one of the things that the the writer of Proverbs says is he says, look at the ant, look at the way he's working. Isn't it amazing how God can speak to us all through creation? The beginning of Psalm one, he says, look at the tree. In Proverbs chapter six, he says, look at the ant. Look at how he works. 
See, I think some of the times we, we say, well, you know, God is gonna cover it up. God's gonna, gonna make it all good, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, but don't blame sloppiness on the Holy Spirit. Don't say, oh, well, I, you know, I, I d- didn't really do good work, and so, you know, God's got it. That is, that is, that, that's not honoring to the Lord. See, and so slothfulness is, is a sin, but also overwork is a sin. Overworking is, is not believing, not trusting that God is able to accomplish what he says he's going to accomplish. And so again, if you struggle with overwork, I would encourage you to meditate on Psalm 127. Meditate on that verse. Meditate on the unless the Lord part. That's the hard part for, for those of us who like to overwork, right? Unless the Lord. Yeah, Lord, I got your back. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get us there and a lot of times we forget the Lord. No, it's unless the Lord. Ask yourself these questions. What do you believe is better than Jesus? What the Pharisees believed was their rules and regulations were better than Jesus. What this man who was healed believed was, and we don't see him coming back to Jesus. We don't see him thanking Jesus in this verse. And so for him, it might have been just been getting healed and getting his dream. I'm fixed. I'm good to go now. What's better? What do we believe is better than Jesus? And can you trust God enough to retreat and Sabbath? To get away? Can you trust him to work hard six days a week? To work as hard as you can by the grace of God and rest on that seventh day. How do you build that time into it? See, at the end of the day, what's your heart's biggest struggle? That I haven't done enough. That things won't work out. That I haven't made enough progress. That I won't make it to where I need to go. As we finish today, I love the 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 gospel encouragement, the good news encouragement from Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 39. What's happening in this passage is Jesus just gets done teaching. He gets into the boat with his disciples. He says, we're going to the other side. And as they're on their way on this journey to the other side, Jesus takes a nap. And here's what it says in verse 38. It says, But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. So Jesus is in this very deep sleep. And his disciples run over to him, and they start really freaking out because there's a storm that comes, everything, it just feels like they're not gonna make it to the other side. There's no way that I could make it over there. And they wake up Jesus, Jesus, get up. The storm outside. Can't you see that this is happening right? Don't you care about us? And Jesus comes out and he calms the storm. He says, like, where's your faith? Like, where's your trust? See, that, that's the same thing like us. When we, talk, when we talk about progress, right? When we say, I don't have time to rest. Jesus was sleeping on the cushion. 
when everything was going crazy. And he's inviting us into that type of life when the craziness of life is going on around you. He's saying, you can sleep like this. You can rest like this because of my work for you. You don't have to be stressed out any longer. You have to try and make it on your own. He's inviting us into himself and saying, I want to give you this promise that when you rest in me, you'll make it to the other side. You'll make it to the other side. And so this morning, let's pray and ask for that rest of God. Father, thank you this morning that we can come to you, that we can rest in the work of Jesus, what he's done, what he's accomplished. God, please reveal the areas in our lives where we have false rest, areas that we put our trust in more than, than you. And God, invite us into this Sabbath rest that we don't have to work or earn but we just get Jesus and then we get to do good work in the world. Rest it up on, gospel, on the gospel and, and, and equipped with it to go share it with the world. Thank you, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.